Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmuduhu ve nesalli ila Resulü el-Kerim. Amma ba. Alhamdulillah. Tonight is the 2nd of February in the year 2024. And inshallah, to once again spend a few months or so going through the life of one of the illustrious companions of our beloved messenger and inshallah tonight being the 22nd of Rajab so within the holy month of Rajab all being well we should conclude the blessed life of this great companion in another one of the holy months possibly in Zul Hijjah so first to mention a report Ibn Abi Mulaika rahmatullah he relates that Sayyidina Talha Ibn Ubaidullah radiyallahu said I have heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam say Ni'ma ahlul bayti Abdullah wa Abu Abdullah wa Ummu Abdullah How good are the family of Abdullah the father of Abdullah and the mother of Abdullah radiyallahu ta'ala so let's look at this so this is recorded in Ahmed in his Musnad number 1381 1382 there's a slight weakness for Ibn Abi Mulaika did not see or hear directly from Sayyidina Talha radiyallahu Hafiz Ibn Kathir in Al-Bidayah in the chapter on those who passed away in the year 43 AH Hafiz Zahbi Rahmatullah in his Seer, volume 3, page 94. Hafiz ibn al-Atir in his Asad al-Ghab, volume 3, page 324. Tafkiratul Hufaz, volume 1, page 42. Al-Hirtami in Majma al-Zawaid, number 15,902, or volume 9, page 354, stated Hassan, and Marifur al-Hadith, volume 4, page 615, of the New English Translation. So is this Hadith authentic? It's authentic, the slight weakness is that Ibn Abi Mulaika, so who was this man? He was a Tabi'in. He's one of those whom Imam Bukhari records from. So even though he's from the highest class of narrators, he's narrating from Talha. The problem here is he did not see or hear directly from Talha. So when he said that Talha had related, he must, there must be a middle man in between. But because he's of a high grade, i.e. because he's one of Bukhari's narrators, it's a very slight weakness. But notice how strict the scholars are. That's why Imam Ahmad records it and Al-Haytami stated is Hassan, meaning it's acceptable. So what did our beloved messenger say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? He said three things. Ni'ma Ahlul Bayti Abdullah. How excellent or how good are the family of Abdullah. So which Abdullah is he referring to? Sallallahu alayhi wa He's referring to Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. So what was the first statement the Prophet made? Sallallahu alayhi wa How excellent are the family of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. Then he said, Sallallahu alayhi wa Wa Abu Abdullah. The father of Abdullah. I. Amr ibn al-As. And the mother wa Ummu Abdullah, 
the mudal of Abdullah, whose name is Sayyida Rayta bint Munabbih, So this sets the stage. So we're going through the life of Amr ibn al-As, But Rasulullah, he said, the whole family is excellent. Those who exactly are these three noble souls, whom our beloved messenger وسلم, described with such veneration. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As His majestic life is extensive and inshallah we will traverse through it at length at some future date. So what's interesting, who did the Prophet mention first out of the righteous family? It was the son. So this indicates that maybe he was the greatest amongst the family members. So his life will go through some other time, inshallah. But I will relate the following report about this noble son and father. So this narration is recorded in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 6548, with a sahih chain of transmission. Hafiz ibn Kathir in Al-Bidayah in the chapter on Uthman radiyallahu's merits with other companions. He stated this is exclusively transmitted by Ahmad Bazar and Abu Ya'la transmitted it from Anas ibn Malik in a like form. So is this hadith authentic? Yes. This is a flawless report. And there's other change to it as well. So what is it mentioned? Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu he relates. I was once with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Abu Bakr radiyallahu arrived and he asked for permission to enter. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam thereupon said, إِذَنْ لَهْ وَبَشِّرْهُ بِالْجَنَّةِ Allow him entry. Give him the glad tidings of paradise. Later Umar radiyallahu arrived and asked for permission to enter. He said, Allow him entry. Also give him the glad tidings of paradise. Thereupon Uthman radiyallahu came and asked for permission to enter. He said, Allow him entry. Also give him the glad tidings of paradise. I, I, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, thereupon humbly inquired, Fa'ina ana? And where will I be, Ya Rasulullah? He replied with a smile, Anta ma'ah abik. You will be with your father. Are you also in paradise? So this is a flawless report. So the first part is also recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. Abu Bakr, Umar and Uthman. But this is narrated by Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. So he gave the glad tidings to Abu Bakr, Umar and Uthman. But then he humbly asked, فَأَيْنَ ana? In other words, Ya Rasulullah, have I been given any honor? And look what the Prophet said, even though he didn't ask about his father. Anta ma'a abik. You will be with your father, i.e. in paradise. So this is a narration indicating how great the father and son are. Because the Prophet gave them glad tidings of paradise. And to mention them with the Khilaf of Rashidin is a further honor and distinction. So let's now mention 
something about the Buddha. Sayyida Raita bint Munabbih radiyallahu. With regards to the venerable Buddha, Hafiz ibn Sa'ad in his tabakat, he said, Sayyida Raita bint Munabbih ibn al-Hajjaj's Buddha was from Khatam. She married Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As al-Sahmi radiyallahu and bore him Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Amr radiyallahu. This is recorded in Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabakat, volume 8, page 189 of the English translation in the chapter on Qureshi women, their allies, clients and following Arab women. So Ibn Sa'ad, the great Muhaddith, rahmatullahi, he mentioned who this woman was. She was Raita bint Munabbih and she was from the tribe of Khatam, famous tribe. She married Amr ibn al-As, whose life we're going through, radiyallahu. And from that union came Abdullah ibn Amr. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Zubair, he further related, on the day of the conquest of Makkah, Raita bint Munabbih embraced Islam. She is the mother of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. She had gone to Rasulullah and pledged her allegiance. This is recorded in Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabakat, volume 8, page 189 of the English translation in the chapter on Qureshi women, their allies, clients, and following Arab women. So now it's interesting. You've got the righteous family. The first to embrace Islam out of the righteous family was the son, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. The second to embrace Islam was the father, which I'll mention. He embraced Islam quite late as well. Amr ibn al-As The mother embraced Islam shortly after her husband upon the conquest of Makkah. So she embraced Islam a year or so after Amr ibn al-As, her husband. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud He said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi once came to the mother of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As and she was a woman who used to be kind and friendly to Rasulullah. And he said to her, How are you, O mother of Abdullah? This is recorded by Hafiz ibn Abdul Rabbi in his Al Iqd al Farid, volume 2, page 182 of the New English Translation, in the chapter on the book of the Ruby. So, what is it mentioned in this report? She came to Rasulullah, and what did Ibn Masood say? She was a woman who used to be kind and friendly to Rasulullah. Now, what did he mean by that? Well, he seems to indicate she never really had a grudge against the Prophet. She was always, you know, affectionate towards him. And the Prophet reciprocated by saying, How are you, O Mudal of Abdullah? Friendly his love for her. So this is a little bit about the mother and the son. There was also the noble brother of Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As, radiyallahu whose name is Sayyidina Hisham ibn al-As. So, first the report. Sayyidina Abu Hurairah, he relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ibn al-Asi mu'minan, Amran wa Hisham. The two sons of al-As are believers, Amr and Hisham. This is recorded in Nasai, in his Sunan al-Kubra, number 195. Ahmad in his Musnad number 8042, 8338, 8641, 
8,642. Hasan. Al-I'sab, page 694 of the New English Translation. Al-Bidaya, in the chapter on those who passed away in the year 13 AH. Shaykh al-Bani, rahmatullahi stated Hasan in As-Sahiha, number 156. So look at the eloquence of Rasulullah. What did he say? Ibn al-Asi Mu'minan, Amran wa Hisham. English, gone. <laughs> the two sons of Al-As are believers, Amr and Hisham. <laughs> so always remember when you're getting the English or any other language, you know, getting the words of the Prophet <laughs> And when you actually hear his actual words, you realize he was so eloquent. Ibn Al-As, Mu'minan, Amran wa Hisham. The two sons of Al-As are believers. Who are the two sons of Al-As? He explained. Amr and Hisham. So what did Rasulullah in this authentic hadith call the two sons of us? Believers. He didn't say they were Muslims. Mu'aminan, meaning a high level of Iman. So who was the brother? Hisham. Hafiz ibn Hajar Askalani, rahmatullahi in Al-Isaba, page 694 of the New English Translation, he said, Sayyidina Hisham ibn al-As ibn Wa'il, radiyallahu, was the younger brother of Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As, radiyallahu, and was from the early converts to Islam and had migrated to Al-Madinah. So it was interesting. He was the younger brother. But he was senior in rank. Why? Because he embraced Islam in the Makkah period. Amr embraced Islam after the Hijrah. He also migrated to Al-Madinah, meaning he was a Mahajir. So Hisham was the younger but senior in rank. Both these noble brothers, they related. We have never sat in a gathering during the lifetime of Rasulullah that gave us more delight than the gathering we sat in one day. We arrived and the people were sitting by the chamber of Rasulullah and they were disputing concerning the Quran. When we saw this from them, we abandoned the gathering. So picture this here. So Amr ibn al-As, Hisham ibn al-As, because we came and there was a gathering next to the chamber of the Prophet, but they were arguing about the Quran. So both the brothers said, we left. We thought this is not good. Rasulullah heard what they were saying. Thus he emerged in anger. It was visible upon his blessed face. He thereupon said, O oh people, this is what led astray the nation before you due to their differing with their prophets والسلام, and using part of the Quran or the book against other parts of it. Indeed, the Quran was not sent down to use parts of it against other parts of it, but rather part of it confirms other parts. Those that which you know of it, then work according to it. And that which is unclear to you, simply believe in it. He then looked at my brother and I, and we were delighted that he did not see us sitting in that gathering. This is in Sayyid Muslim, number 4818, Ali Isaba, page 694-5 of the New English Translation. So again, the two brothers, they knew something was wrong because they were arguing about the Quran. So what was happening? Uh, you get in today's day and age, every corner. Allah Ta'ala says this. 
Yeah, but Allah Ta'ala also says this. That is what the Prophet got angry over. Why? Because what impression are you giving? The Quran's contradicted. If a person's listening or looking, you are actually giving the complete dawah of flee from Islam. Because they don't even agree with their book. So the Prophet got angry. And he told them, because the nations before you, they were destroyed. How? Differed with their prophets. They left the example of their prophets and they used the Quran against the other part. Their holy book against the other part. Then the Prophet gave guidance. Because the Quran does not contradict. It confirms. If you know, act upon it. If you see a verse unclear, believe it. Don't go into it. So Shaitan might say, this verse contradicts that verse. And you don't know the answer. So the Prophet goes, just believe it. Don't, start, you know, don't get confused. It's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then look what the hadith said. This is why I mentioned it. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then looked at my brother and I because we weren't there. We were separate. And we were delighted that he did not see us sitting in that gathering. Meaning, thank God we weren't there. We didn't get the review. What does that tell you about the brothers? They had very interesting, you know, foresight. They could detect things that others couldn't. These are companions of the Prophet. Why didn't they detect it? They detected it. They separated. And because we were so happy that when the Prophet looked at us, we weren't part of that gathering. So now what else do we know about Hisham? Hafiz ibn Kathir said, Sayyidina Hisham had embraced Islam before Sayyidina Amr and had migrated to Abyssinia. When he returned from there, he was detained in Makkah. Thereafter, after the battle of the trench, he managed to migrate. Sayyidina Abu Bakr sent him during his Khalifa to the Emperor of Rome. He was a renowned horseman and was martyred at Ajnadayn. However, it is also related that he was martyred in the Battle of Yarmouk, as related in Ibn Sa'd in his Tabaqat 4-192. However, the first report is correct. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Al-Bidayah, in the chapter on those who passed away in the year 13 A.H. Al-Istiyab, number 1539. So Ibn Kathir is giving you bullet points. So you get a connection with this Sahab, although it's just a name. So Sayyidina Hisham ibn Al-As, he embraced Islam before Amr. That's the first thing he said. Then he said he migrated to Abyssinia. Now why is that interesting? Is it all your sins are forgiven? Okay, no, that's, that's a virtue. Why is it very interesting to note that Hisham, radiallahu, migrated to Abyssinia? Uh, because he must have had ambassador qualities to go there and give that. Okay, no, that's more in virtues. But I'm just talking in the sense of the scenario, famous scenario that developed in Abyssinia. Um, where the, the Quraysh came and told them. Yes. Who did the Quraysh send? They sent... Uh, How many men did they send to bring the... I think two. Two. Who was one of them? Amr ibn al-As. <laughs> Who's already there? His brother. <laughs> So look how strange the scenario. The Quraysh have sent Amr, I'm going to get to that inshallah. And if you don't know these names, they're just like, he's just, he's 
So imagine he's, he's going to Abyssinia. Are you going to bring your brother back in chains? Are you going to harm your brother? This is how strange the scenario is. That's why it's mentioned in Ibn Qadini because he migrated. But that's why, you know, you go through clarification. You start realizing this is a very interesting scenario taking place. Then Ibn Qadir said, when Hisham returned from there, he was detained in Makkah. So what happened? We're going to get to that, inshallah. But there was a false rumor that all of the Quraysh had embraced Islam. So the Sahaba came back and then they found out when they were near Makkah, it's false. It's not true. So some thought we will migrate back to Abyssinia. Others said, no, we will go to Medina. Others said, we'll go back to Makkah. Hisham radiyallahu, he decided to go back to Makkah. Soon as he stepped into Makkah, he was arrested. His own father was still alive. And his brother, Amr, wasn't a Muslim. How long was he detained? So he's returned maybe the sixth year or the seventh year of Makkah. Then it says, after the battle of the trench, he managed to migrate. So now, you need to know your seerah. How many years after the hijrah was the battle of the trench? Six, seven years. Of all, the fifth year. So, if he was arrested and detained in Makkah in the seventh year in Makkah, how many years in Makkah is he now detained? Before the Prophet migrated to Medina. So it's the seventh year, and when did the Prophet migrate? 13. So how many years is Hisham been in custody? Six years. Rasulullah has migrated. Has Hisham migrated? No, because he's arrested. How many years after the migration does he manage to escape or leave? Five. So how many years was he imprisoned? Yes, about 11 years. It doesn't, Ibn Qadir didn't mention that. Why? Because he expects you to know that. But do you know that? So he said, after the battle of the trench, he managed to migrate. Then he said, Abu Bakr Siddiq later sent him to the emperor of Rome. Why did Abu Bakr Siddiq, when he was the Khalifa of Rasulullah, why did he send Hisham to the emperor of Rome? I'm going to mention that tomorrow. Then he said, he was a renowned horseman, expert horseman, and he was blessed with martyrdom at Ajnadayn. And I mentioned that inshallah if still alive. But it is also mentioned he was martyred in the battle of Yarmouk. Ibn Kathir said, Ajnadayn, however, seems to be the correct report. So what was the gap between Ajnadayn and Yarmouk? About a year. So this is why the historians were confused. He was definitely martyred. They don't know which battle it was. So with these few bullet points, what do you realize about Hisham? Was he a junior Sahaba or a senior Sahaba? Senior. So think about that. You know, people say that, you know, as long as we know the senior Sahaba, inshallah, that's good. Ask him that question. Okay, then who's Hisham ibn al-As? Guaranteed, most people look at he goes, is he, yeah, he's senior sahaba. You said you know what, you know, you knew the senior sahaba. Who is it? 
how many people have mentioned anything about it? So, he was martyred at Ajnadain, one report says. So, let me just mention that. In Ibn Sa'd in his tabaqat, Hafiz Ibn Rajab in his Ahwal Al-Qubur wa Ahwal Ahliha ila An-Nushur. Life of the grave is delights and horrors until resurrection, which 126 of the English translation. So this is the proof that he was martyred at Ajnadi. It mentions, when the Romans were defeated on the day of Ajnadi, and they broke away and fled, the believers arrived at a place so narrow where only a single person could cross at a time. So the battle has lost. The Romans have been defeated. They're fleeing now. Very intelligently, they go to a place where it's very narrow now for them to be attacked. It's dangerous now because why? If they shoot a short, small area, you got hardly got you know an arm to move. So they go into that strategic place. The believers approached. The Romans, seeing the believers approach, realizing their strategic advantage, they began fighting once more upon it, mm. having already gone forward and crossed it. So the, they fled. But now they thought, why are we fleeing? Yeah. We've got the upper hand now. They're bottlenecked. Yeah. We'll fight them. Yeah. Sayyidina Hisham ibn al-As, then bravely came forward and fought them with ferocity until he was fatally struck and he fell exactly into the breach and he filled it. Mm -hmm. So something that they thought, how brave was he? <laughs> right? Easy to fight when you got all your men, your comrades behind you or next to you. He's by himself. So he's gone, he's fought bravely, he's struck and he falls on the spot. When the believers then suddenly came in numbers, they saw the blessed body and they were afraid of letting their horses trample over him. So they were thinking, we can't trample over Hisham's body. This is dishonorable. Mm -hmm. Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As, upon seeing the body of his dear brother, he reflected and he said, O oh people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed my brother with martyrdom and has now taken his soul. Hence, this is now merely a corpse. Those now do not fear and let your horses tread over it. Mm. He then was the first to proceed over the body of his brother and the people followed him until they successfully crossed. Subhanallah. Mm. So what happened? They didn't know what to do. They thought, we're not going to trample over Hisham. So Amr ibn al-As, the older brother, he goes, he's martyred. He goes, this is just not the body. Because Allah Ta'ala is not going to put us at a because I will go forward. Mm -hmm. So he went respectfully over and they followed and then the victory was complete. Mm -hmm. So what does this narration clearly prove? He was martyred where? Mm -hmm. In the battle of Ajnadain. Granted it was after the main encounter. But it was during that encounter nevertheless that he was martyred. Mm -hmm. So note this was Hisham ibn al-As i.e. the younger brother of Sayyidina Amr mm. So all I mentioned today in this opening night was to become acquainted with the Blessed Family. They were called the Blessed Family by Rasulullah. Ni'ma Ahlul Bayt. What an excellent family, the Prophet said. And then I mentioned a little bit also about his noble brother, Sayyidina Amr's brother. Why? Because he's also a senior companion. And what's shocking is, out of all of them, 
Amr was the junior sahab. And he is his life we're going through. And when you go through his life, you start thinking, you know, he seems greater than his brothers or his son, but he was not. He embraced Islam the latest out of all of them, but nevertheless, he's part of the noble family. Are there any questions you like that? Subhanallah <laughs> <laughs>